You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. So, this topic has been coming up through forums uh, on uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and magnesium. Um, one thing that I noticed was this quote that uh, found online during research, patients with chronic fatigue syndrome have low red blood cell magnesium. Um, the physiolo- physiological concept of fatigue as a consequence of inadequate oxygen delivery is widely accepted, tying oxygen carrying capacity directly to magnesium. Now, we explained this in other uh, podcasts on anemia, that how magnesium's role in the shaping of the hemoglobin uh, donut or whatever that's called, um, uh, biconcave valve or whatever that's called, um, um, well, let's just call it platelet. I guess you can get a picture for it. Um, and how that shapes that, uh, allowing it to not have these edges and to move smoothly and have a flexibility to it, which allows it to move through the system properly. And this is going to be a key to oxygen delivery. Not only for that, but also the magnesium creates a flexible structure within the platelet to receive like a sigmoidal structure, like in the shape of a C, which allows oxygen to sit there without being overly attached. Uh, magnesium is very famous for its role in in removing the platelet activity as far as um, in the blood itself, meaning the stickiness of the platelets. It's not the platelets, but it's the th- um, thromboxane, um, which is a, a, a chemical that creates more platelet activity and, and makes it, the blood stickier. And so magnesium works against this to get the bonds to be right and light so that the oxygen can be uploaded and downloaded or uploaded and um, offloaded, I guess you could say, um, into the, the cells that need it, need the oxygen delivered into the cells. So this allows for a smooth system and this increases the oxygen. So the oxygen is the key element to the molecular level of the CFS paradigm. So high levels of, of, of pure magnesium are very important. And the only way to maintain those levels, because taking pills, that goes right back out of you. They've proven that it has to be in contact with the body 24 hours for us to assimilate magnesium. So in order to get that 24 hours, it has to be attached to so many things so that it, the metal can break down. And so that metal is broken down much better through the skin. The skin has an acidific um, an acid layer and then leads into an a lipid layer with esters and other sugars and things below that. And so this perfect system of fermentation, which is kind of what it is, allows for not only to keep out bad bacteria like fermentation does, but it also allows for, you know, like a microflora on the skin, which is proven. But it also allows for... Um, the magnesium to come in, the magnesium chloride molecule to come in through acidification process to be more assimilatable and then through other processes of conjugation to be able to become like a food attached to fat or sugars or esters or whatever to come into the body and be the food for the body. So your body can create citrate and threonate and glycinate and all that stuff that we see on TV or, you know, with these patented molecules and stuff like it creates all of that in the body through the chloride molecule. Uh, even when you eat the hydrochloric acid, it turns your magnesium into magnesium chloride once again. So we're back to the sea. We're back to the magnesia, which is in Greece, where this whole bath culture originated. We're bringing back that old tradition through a modern format. So what we're doing is we're bringing it into a bottle. It's three bucks a week. We use it directly uh, on for CFS, for example, or other conditions. Um, 
um, you know, fibromyalgia and Lyme disease, etc. We can use that directly, do it every day, 10 to 20 sprays, do it all over the skin. The skin, you can load up much more than, than the internal because it's a ubiquitous organ. You can dose up with it. People forget that. Sports people don't because they know about this, but, you know, everyday people are still learning about it. So um, dose up. Get as much as you can. You can abuse it to a certain degree because of the way the system works and the way the skin works. It can't harm you the way it could if we were taking the pills, you know? So this is a better way to do it and more in line with history as well, strangely. But um, so um, getting this, get the right stuff. Don't get the fake stuff. Get blue glass bottles with the Zextine inside logo. Don't get uh, cheap plastic stuff that's called genuine Zextine or ancient or Permian or whatever because it's usually diluted and they don't tell you. Uh, so it's not getting the strong, uh, strong, strongest dilution, which is natural, natural dilution, um, maximum dilution, I guess you could say. And then on top of that, what's worse is it's refined. So it's refined. It's not coming from a natural state. Uh, source. It's coming from their own self-certified source, which most of it's coming from Asia. It's and it's remarketed. It's solvent extracted to remove the potassium, remove the heavy metals, and then it's it's sent off uh, and remarketed to look like it comes from Europe. Even using the word Zextime. So get the right stuff. Glass shows the proof of that. It shows the endocrine disrupting chemicals have been pushed away from our philosophy. We are not there. And try to get the right stuff for the right price point, and don't go cheap on such a ubiquitous molecule and deficiency as magnesium so go for the pure stuff help detoxify those heavy metals those endocrine disruptors and all that through the skin through the chelation power of unrefined magnesium come check us out at theheartoftradition.com